Hey guys, welcome to another episode of That Wasn't Supposed to Happen. I'm your host, Heather Delmore. Today we have Jeff. He comes to us with a story to tell. And, you know, to be honest, after I heard his story, I was like, wait, that's happened to me before. So I think I'm going to tell my story first. It's sort of like th- this this term I've coined called a tip your bartender Bildungsroman, right? We all know Bildungsroman is like a is a is a coming of age story, but it's it's like one that's specifically tied to this idea of like how do you treat service workers? How do you treat people who serve you? And one night I was waitressing at a really fancy restaurant. I think it's important to know it was a fancy restaurant and I was walking past a table, larger party, it was maybe 10, party of 10 or 12, it's like a family thing, and the older gentleman at the table grabs me by the arm, like grabs, almost as if like in three more seconds he's going to say, I'm going to give you an Indian bird, (laughs) like it was such a strong grasp, it was startling, and I wasn't able to yell at him or react or um, pull away, it was one of those moments where you freeze and you lean into it because you're like, this is happening. And so he's grabbing my arm and he says to me, where's my server? And I'm like shaking. His face was beat red. Maybe he was a little drunk. Maybe he's Irish. He was red. And I didn't know what to do. So he proceeds to like shake while he's asking me, making sure that his server knew to give him the bill. One of those, like, I'm fronting the bill, this is a family event, you know, whatever. Um, Which could have been said in so many other ways, but this time he did it via grabbing me and screaming at me, who was not his server, right? Like, I I, I don't don't even work in that section of the restaurant. At the time, I took it as a very, like, oh, it's because I'm the girl, the tiny girl, and... The, the server he had is like a six foot four, you know, 250 pound man. So maybe that's why he grabbed me because he didn't feel comfortable yelling at Trey. Later on in the evening, uh, after Trey remembered to give this guy the bill, one of the older man's sons slipped me a 20. And once again, I was I was touched again. He sort of grabbed my hand like almost gingerly, like tenderly and placed the 20 into my hand like the Eucharist (laughs) and then like closed my fingers for me and was like, for your troubles, I hope there wasn't any misunderstanding. Again, though not a grab, I was stolen in that moment. I couldn't laugh in his face. I couldn't throw the 20 back at him. I couldn't um, be like, seriously? Like you think that band-aids what your dad did to me you both can go fuck yourselves I was just stolen in the moment and I didn't know how to react when somebody treats you that way I I I didn't know what to say when somebody's trying to buy your silence in a way like right like you know don't say anything bad about my dad he's just oh dad that's what he does and the moral of the story like for me was like The son was the worst offender. Uh, Like, how could you have watched what your dad did? And how could you think that the next plausible action was to slip me a 20? It sort of toes the line of, like, what we think a tip is and what we think service people are supposed to put up with. 
so so when I heard Jeff's story and he told me about the way he was being treated by this person for whom he was providing a service, it reminded me of like all the stories of times where guests in a restaurant have treated me in a way that like, I don't know that you would ever do that anywhere else in life, right? Like, I, I don't know where else, like, do you slip teachers 20s and say like, yeah, but Jenny did get an A, didn't she? <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know that that ever happens. So I have this like weird take when I'm listening to Jeff's story that I'm like, why do people think they could treat us like this? And what you're going to hear in the episode is that Jeff doesn't get stolen in the moment and, and he handles it really well, almost, I, I would argue, expertly. So without further ado, here's the story of a time that Jeff was trying to provide a service for someone and uh, something happened that wasn't supposed to. That wasn't supposed to happen, not at all. I'm good. It's it's definitely weird adjusting to being home all the time. Uh, uh, my wife Janet, she took a uh, administrative position in City of Poughkeepsie for their schools. Oh wow! And so she's she's killing it. She's out there early every morning and. <laughs> I have to make sure to be like in at least in a different position in the house when she gets home. <laughs> Otherwise, it's like, did you do anything today? Like, I went to a meeting. <laughs> She's like, yeah, but from that couch, like right. looking at a at a screen. I'll, I'll try to make sure to take a picture of like something outside. I'm like, look, I was outside. The, the worst is when I'm in bed when she leaves and I take a nap like five minutes before she gets home. Because then, you've, yeah, literally, literally in bed all day. <laughs> But don't you have to walk the dogs? So I that do, gets you outside. Yeah, I mean, there's 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 that. I take the dog out and you know <laughs> check the mail. Sometimes Blue Apron shows up or HelloFresh, and I have to get that. You know, it's a it's a crazy life living from it's home. A, I, I'm really not cut out to work from home. Like I I need to be like fully immersed in the environment that's that's my work. Yes. And yes. Uh, and you know, at work, I it doesn't feel weird just talking about work and mm-hmm. being all about work mm-hmm. and then saying, okay, I'm walking out to the, the parking lot. I'm putting that away until tomorrow, putting that away. Right. And at home, it's it's just like, it's it's home life punctuated by meetings. Yeah, and yeah. I find it really hard to drag myself into like really caring about some right. stuff. Right, <laughs> And does it like color the way you look at your living room now? Like it's like, it's like your office. So you're like pissed at your living room. You can't even like unwind yeah. in your own living it, room. It actually was a problem for a little while because I, I had my, my, my office. Because I thought this was all temporary. We all thought this yeah. was going to be temporary. Yeah. So I was like, oh, I, I have a little desk. I can set this up upstairs. And I'll set this up. It'll be my little home office, teehee. Yeah. And then it just became like, oh, that's that's the place where I work from. And yeah. I couldn't walk past it without like checking an email or yep. checking Slack or doing whatever. Right. 
Right. And and that that just it started to make home life not fun because yeah. it was like work is in my house. Right. So now we actually took we have we had a, a spare bedroom that mm-hmm. we didn't really ever use, um, and you know just I just you know got get rid of the bed from it. Um, and, and set up a desk and now it's just the room where the work happens and I can, I can put myself in there and it's a little bit easier to, to zone into work and, and ignore it when it's the weekend. Yeah. But, uh, all the stuff it's, it's kind of telling that a lot of the features being added to things like Slack and teams and, and all that other stuff are to manage notifications and do not disturb stuff. Oh, oh, because they're noticing, wait a second, we need a, we need a way to curb this it, there's nothing worse than when it's like you know 9 30 at night or whatever and you just you happen to be flipping through your phone and like a notification from yeah. work pops up and it's like right. how dare you right and how do you <laughs> know also how do you i don't know what level of anxiety you have i feel like all humans have it uh-huh. how do you not check the notification that would be like a dangling carrot for me like if i were like no no it's not work hours i'm not gonna check this Bullshit! I'm gonna be like, well, right. I have to check it now because what if it's a you're fired? <laughs> you know? well, like, but yeah, I, I can't. If somebody says, "Hey, this thing, no rush, but you need to look at this," right? I can't be like, "Cool, I'll think about that tomorrow." Right. It's yeah. it's there. It's on the table. Yeah, it's it's dominating my thoughts and you know yes. until it gets taken yes. care of. So for me, my own best practice is just like just don't look at it. <laughs> yeah. Just don't look at just it. Don't. I'm gonna get as much work done when I'm productive, which is a fair slice of my day, yeah. and. Uh, that's how I'm happy. And then another fair slice is, you know, finding a new position. Quick, got to get in a new position or yeah. else Janet's going to yeah, realize like, oh, the jig where, is up. This, uh, <laughs> it's, it's one thing if the dog is still on the same spot in the couch. It's another if, if it, like nothing <laughs> looks cleaned up. So, you know, at least have some scent of cleaning product in the kitchen <laughs> when she gets home. <laughs> That's great. I think I recently saw a tweet about somebody who was like, Oh yeah, no, I just walk around and I spray cleaning spray like into the ether. <laughs> and then it smells like I mopped the floors. I'm right. like, wow, you could have just mopped the floor. Oh, did you clean? Oh yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. I, th- I thought that the smell would have been gone by now. Yeah. I'm really sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but man, did I work hard. <laughs> but listen, other than working from home, you have another venture, right? I, I do. Yeah. Um, yeah, we're going to talk about my photography stuff. Yeah, so you are a photographer and I think what we're going to do for this episode is I just I want to hear your crazy story about this specific time that uh-huh. this thing happened while being a photographer. And I just I want the whole story. If you want to like yeah. go into it as deep as you want to go. Yeah. I think it's wild. So so there were a number of years when I was doing photography and I, I still do it as a hobby, but there were there were a couple of years when I was like, you know, I can I can take this on as like a um, as a side gig and try to make some money with it and just keep myself busy. And for the longest time I said, I'm, I'm not going to do weddings because yeah. weddings are like a super big deal. You can ruin someone's wedding yeah. by screwing up their, their wedding photography. Yeah. And, and then the more I put it off, I, I got to work with some professional photographers to be like a second shooter for them. Mm-hmm. And I realized, you know, I, I am equipped to do this mm-hmm. and I, I do know what I'm doing and I'm just, you know, second guessing myself here. Yeah. So I, after, you know, a couple of people kept asking and I said, you know what? Sure. I'll, as long as we're on the same page, as long as you like my style, as long as we get along, we can absolutely do this. Yeah. So I started doing weddings. I started really enjoying them, but I knew I didn't want it to, to dominate my life. So it was like a, 
I'll take on three or four a year. Okay, yeah. Hey, good boundaries. Exactly. Because <laughs> there's a lot of photographers who brag about like, oh, I'm I'm nine months behind in editing photos. Uh, and it's like, that yeah. seems like not, something to not brag about. Right. And um, how unsavory for the person waiting for those unedited photos. Right. About. Yeah. And, and, and in the world we live in today, it's, you know, you want your pictures not immediately, but I feel like holding them out for nine months is is kind of ridiculous. But whatever, I'm, I'm not a professional, okay? Right. I just think it's silly that some people brag about that. Right, yeah, yeah, for so, sure. So I, I, I took, um, I'm going to fast forward a little bit. I took, one of the, I took a wedding gig and it seemed fairly plain at the surface. Sometimes the bride and groom won't have any idea what they want. Okay. And they treat it like a check mark, a check right. box. Like, yeah, right. we got a wedding cake. It looks like a wedding shirt. Great. Wedding photographer, done. Fantastic. Right. Were, was this couple like that? Kind of. They 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 said, okay, here's here's a wedding that you know one of their friends had. We want pictures kind of like this, but oh, not okay. not so schmaltzy in this area. More like this. So uh, you generally have to be careful of someone who says, oh, we don't really have anything in mind. Just do whatever you want. Because <laughs> either they really don't have anything in mind and you can do whatever you want. Or they do have something in mind, and they just don't know how to put it out there, and they'll right. let you know at the end. At the end, yeah. yeah. They'll be like, that wasn't what we wanted at all. And you'll be like, but you <laughs> but said you, you said wanted to... anything. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so you know, we, we kind of worked out what we want. We, I think we met in person twice. We did a couple Zoom calls, you know. So I was fairly confident, you know, they were, they had a very realistic wedding. Okay. Sometimes you see weddings that are booked out like to the minute and it's like, right. oh, oh girl, you're going to be running around. You're yeah. not going to be able to enjoy your wedding. This was yeah. very relaxed. I'm okay. Like, Fantastic. Great. I cater, so I know those weddings. Oh, yeah. Where like there was one I did this summer where uh, one of my notes was 10.55. Not, not 10.50, not 11. 10.55 tequila toast for everyone. So like, and it was just one of the, like, first of all, you have 184 person you know, oh wedding. Second of all, not everybody does shots of tequila. So like, how many do I tell my bartenders to pour? I was the head caterer, you know? Yeah. And I'm like, and then third of all, like 1055. Yeah. Like, like we're saying, we're saying 55. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Cause you know, something's happening at 11. Yeah. And they want that shot. Pro- and it's just mm-hmm. like, Oh, I, uh, okay. where's Steve? We need uncle Steve out here. <laughs> And Steve's in the in the bathroom because he doesn't have the clipboard that says ten fifty five is when you have to do your shot. Yes. <laughs> so they have a relax. They do not have a ten fifty five tequila shot. Right. Exactly. <laughs> but I I like to plan things even if I don't show my plans to everyone else. Right. So so I you know part of my whole planning is I go back to my house and I kind of envision the wedding. I step through it. I'm looking up the the website for the place. I'm I'm going to go visit the place and check it out. Check out the church. Talk to the talk to the priest to find out, you know, where I can be, where we shouldn't be, you know, where I can get if there's a secret section up there that he has to unlock a door to get to. Oh, wow. It happens. It pays to ask. Yeah. And doing all this planning. So I have my own kind of itinerary. It's not down to the five-minute thing, (laughs) but it's it's kind of shorthand for me. I know where I need to be. um, To to get the shots that the the bride and groom want, I have a second shooter who I work with. We work really well together. He likes working the short lens. I work the long lens. Mm-hmm. And we know how to do this without getting in each other's way. Right. Planning out the whole thing. He says, yep, looks good. I take it back to the bride and groom. Fantastic. You know, change this, change this, whatever. Great. Button it all up. Heading into the wedding. Day of the wedding. Here we go. <laughs> now, now I want to I want to tamp down expectations here because you said you, you, you I, I think I said the time I almost got fired from a wedding. It was not the bride that almost fired me. Oh, I thought it was the bride. It okay. was the mother. 
Oh, that's better though. Those moms are whack. <laughs> I've and I've I've I, I, I'd like to think that I know somewhat how to deal with mothers. Uh, sometimes they don't get to plan the wedding as much as they thought they'd be able yeah. to. So they try to micromanage something else. Something else. And so I, I'm, I'm doing my thing. I'm working with the bride. They're in one end of the hotel. Mm-hmm. Um, my, my second shooter is with the groom and his party on the other end of the hotel. Is this um, prior to the ceremony? Yes. Okay, so they haven't kissed and all that yet. So no. this is like the getting ready. This is the getting okay. ready. Yep. Okay. This is I. This is like twenty minutes after I pull into the parking lot. Okay. So so you know we, we break up because we want to get as many shots as possible. Yeah. You know we we know how deep to get, how much to feather out, and yeah. all that kind of stuff. And lady comes up to me. She's like, "Are you the photographer?" And I already feel like I did something wrong. Right. Like, she said it to you like if she knew your middle name. It was it, <laughs> it was like she saw me back into her car in the parking lot and saw somebody with a camera and said, I need to find the photographer. She goes, Are you the photographer? I'm like, Oh yes, hi. I and I and I can tell she she's it's gonna yeah. be a problem. Yeah. <laughs> so so I'm I'm trying to warm her warm up to her a little bit. Yeah. I'm like, Oh yes, hi, I'm I'm Jeff. I'm so happy to meet you. I've heard so much about you. What a beautiful day. Beautiful mm-hmm. church. Did you see the the dog out? You know, I'm just yeah. trying everything <laughs> and just nothing, Oof. nothing back. Stone cold, like the, uh, what's the receptionist from Monsters, Inc.? Oh, yeah. Roz. <laughs> Is it Roz? Just yes. stone cold, just mm. <laughs> And she proceeds to, to reach over to her bag. She has this giant bag over here. No. Yeah, this <laughs> giant bag, and she pulls out an itinerary. No, <laughs> her own itinerary, and it, it was. I, I, I wish I could have counted the pages, but it was. It was. It had to be at least twenty pages, like stapled up at the top. Oh wow! And she goes, "This is the itinerary." <laughs> and I'm, that you're just getting day of, lady. I, if this was the itinerary, I would have got it in September. <laughs> and and I'm, I'm looking at this thing, and I, and I, I refuse to even open it up, right? Because it's, right. it's labeled on the front. It's like itinerary for a wedding. Da, 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 da. Right, right. And I'm like, oh, that's that's great, fantastic. You know, I, I, I think we have this down. My, my assistant and I, we have a really good plan. We've cooked up yeah. with, you know, first name, first name for right. this thing, and and you know, we have a, a great plan. We're going to start here. We have these special shots. She's like, this is the itinerary. She's like, you should look at it. This feels like a horror movie. The fact that she like repeated her. Yes. That, that was made it a little bit more chilling. <laughs> and, and I, I said, okay, I'll, I'm still trying to win her over. Yeah, I, yeah. I to look through it. And it's, it's like stage directions. Oh yes. It's almost stage directions of, of like a, with a paragraph at each five minute interval, basically about what's going to be happening and what the photographer is going to be taking a picture of. Wow. It's it's 20-ish pages of stage directions for me. Is it is it as detailed as like flower girl is sprinkling the petals but photographer pans to uncle Jimmy. You'll know Jimmy, he's in the purple oh, and no. you get his reaction or that, something. That would have been helpful because because <laughs> all I got was this like uh, so I've I'm flipping through the wedding ceremony. I'm thinking like, nope, 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 yeah, nope. Yeah, Because yeah. it's it's just, it's, you know, there, it's a wedding, not a photo shoot. You can't right. plan things. I can only be in one place. My assistant right. can only be in one place. And I, I've, you know, space time is, is a thing, you know. And the whole reception, I just <laughs> skipped ahead to the reception because I, I knew it had to be this. Yeah. It's just lists of people's names 
all the cousins, all the uncles, all the cousins on the mother's side, all the friends from college, all this uh-huh. stuff with just a list of names. And that didn't even say in the purple shirt. Yeah, yeah. So, so again, I'm supposed to be running around this this reception. Right. And, and you're like, oh, is there a, a Charlie here? <laughs> An Uncle Charlie? <laughs> So three Uncle Charlie stand up because there's usually three. Right. <laughs> and, and again, she she obviously didn't get to plan the wedding as much as she thought she would. Yeah. And she's just trying to micromanage something and it happened to be me. But I and I, I can't I can't deal with this. It's yeah. it's not gonna work. So I, I, I don't say this is dumb, take this out of my face. Yeah. I, I say, okay, you know, there's there's a lot of good stuff in here. I think this actually coincides with a lot of what we're planning to do over mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. You know, we have a we have something great planned for today. You know, trust me, uh, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And she just goes, meh, and just turns away and walks away. Yeah. And I'm like, great. There, I pissed off the mother. <laughs> I pissed off the mother by having a plan. Right. <laughs> Fast forwarding a little bit, not all that far. <laughs> I head into the church because there's a couple specific shots I want to get in the church that mm-hmm. require me to have like a, a flash that I have mounted in one area because mm-hmm. it's churches have typically have really bad lighting oh, and you yes. can't re, you can't right. depend on the lighting in there you ha- you typically have to bring your own right so I know I need to stick these two lights here and here these two battery operated flashes keep them out of the way mm-hmm. and I walk into the church and there's this dude in there. And there's two... Is it Jesus? No. <laughs> no, no, <Yes>. no. <laughs> there's this dude in there, a younger dude, and he has these two giant, cheap plastic tripods right in the front of the church. Why? And I'm thinking, like, what's going on here? Yeah. So uh, maybe maybe there's a videographer I didn't hear about. Maybe he's cleaning up from something else that happened earlier that day. I woke up, and I'm like, hi, I'm Jeff. I'm the photographer. And he goes, oh, hi, I'm whatever his name is. I, I guess I'm I'm shooting alongside you today. Oh, so she had her own photographer. Yes. She thought she was meeting Justin, but you're Jeff. <laughs> she no 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 no. It's worse than that. <laughs> she apparently was not confident that her daughter had picked a good photographer. Oh. And hired some friend of the family who has a good camera. I'm doing finger quotes here. <laughs> who has a good camera to show up and shoot the wedding. And he's going to be shooting alongside me because, as he explains it, there's a lot of important shots that they want to make sure they get. Oh, and you're not capable of getting those important shots. Oh, not shots. at all. How, what would I know how to do? I've only been meeting with the with the bride and groom over the past six months and drawing out maps of this this you know this church. And I I've worked around other photographers before, especially yeah. if, there, if there's a videographer there. Right. We we get in each other's armpits, you mm-hmm. know, to, and I I can scoot underneath a videographer. Right. And vice versa, and you know, we don't bother each other all mm-hmm. that much mm-hmm. as long as they're professional. Right. But you can't be there. Can't be crossfire. Right. And a lot of what my assistant and I plan around is how to get these shots without being in each other's shots. Right. You kind of have to say, "What's our blank wall? Where are we shooting from?" Mm-hmm. And if you're going to switch, make sure the other guy switches too. All this kind of stuff. And I can just see by the way this guy is walking around because when I walked in, he was taking shots of the church. He's never, he has, just has no idea what he's doing. He's mm-hmm. got his little mm-hmm. snorkel pop-up flash going on his camera. He's got this mm-hmm. this kit lens that's so wide that he's he's like basically up on the, the the pulpit up there with him, you know. And first off, you can't be up there. I know the the, the, the priest doesn't want people up there. The right. bride and groom don't want people up right. there. And he's walking around like he's uh, like, like a tourist. Oh. oh. So, and he's got these gigantic tripods. I don't know what you're going to use tripods for when you're doing photography mm-hmm. in a church anyway. So... 
I started explaining to him, hey, look, there seems to be a mix-up. I'm the hired photographer. I've been working with, you know, first name, first name for the past six months. Right. I got a plan. Right. I, I think the mother is a little bit confused, so I'm, I'm really sorry, but I'm going to have to ask you to get your stuff out of here because people are going to start coming in pretty soon. Yeah. He goes, well, no, I was I was hired to be here, and and I have these shots that I need to get. I promised her I'd get these shots. So I'm I'm thinking, how do I get out of this? Yeah, yeah. Because he, I, I told him he needs to move. He's yeah. not going to move. And even though my contract says basically I get paid no matter what, I can't just walk away right now because right. Right. you know something weird came up. Right. So I, I'm thinking, okay, the, probably the next best thing I can do is talk directly to the mother mm-hmm. and figure out what we can do here. Right. And I, I turn around to go back to the hotel, and she's standing right there. <laughs> And she appeared because this is a sci-fi appeared. movie. Remember, exactly. I didn't. I didn't hear a footstep. She was just there. <laughs> nah, and, like the Roz voice. Bukowski, <laughs> eh, whatever his name is. Um, and I'm like, hey, what's what did you do? What's going on here? Yeah. Who is this guy? You know, yeah. so many questions. And she's actively ignoring me, like hand hand up like this, talking to the to what is his name up there, saying, make sure you get this, make sure you get that. We're doing this, this, this. Oh my god. And and. Again, I can work around another mm-hmm. photographer. Mm-hmm. I can't work around someone who's going to be right up there with a, a pop-up flash, who doesn't know what they're right. doing, you know, isn't even dressed professionally. Right. It's going to impede on the shot you're trying to get yeah. from that other angle. I, I'm charging, you know, not a ton, but, you know, a decent amount of money. Yeah. And But I'm spending a lot of money, too. Mm-hmm. I'm hiring the second shooter. Right. I have insurance that, you know, that, that I took out to cover this. You know, it's, it's part of what I pay for the year. Right. There's equipment I'm renting. There's backup equipment right. I'm renting. There's all this stuff. And... And this guy's just showing up with with a pop up pop up yeah, flash. I keep yeah. coming back to pop up flash, but that's <laughs> but like that's the, the indicator. That's no, the no, indicator. no, for sure. That's the for green M and M in the bowl that lets <laughs> Van Halen know don't go up on that stage. You know. <laughs> so if if you hire a wedding photographer and they have a pop up flash, then you know <laughs> call your backup. Um, so so I start. Yeah, you know, I'm asking like, hey, what what are you doing here? You can't let this happen. Like I'm hired to take these pictures. I need to get these pictures. They can't happen with another person walking around up here doesn't know what they're doing. No offense, guy whose name I forgot. Yeah. And 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 she's actively ignoring, actively ignoring. Wow. And this is the point when I'm just like, I'm I'm in a situation. Yeah. yeah. Like there's the default path forward is disaster. Right. Right. That that was not supposed to happen. <laughs> and I'm realizing in order for this to work, I need to fix something. And I, I make a, a Hail Mary call where I, I saw the groom on his phone mm. before I left the hotel. Yeah. So I know he has his phone. Yeah. Sometimes they just stole him away. Right, sure, sure. So I call him and I'm just like, hey, your wife's mother is, and I think I got like four words and he's like, uh, I'm, I'm really sorry. I'll send someone right over. <laughs> <laughs> and he's still marrying this? <laughs> like he knew four words. <laughs> you could tell this is this is an ongoing situation, yeah, and yeah. and so true, true to word. Uh, a couple minutes later, one of his friends comes walking in, big smile. Mm-hmm. How you doing? And obviously they ha- they have relation. You know they mm-hmm. have history. Yeah. She's smiling. She's so happy to see him. Big hugs. How you doing? Are you still whatever whatever? Yeah. 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 And and then he just pivots. He goes. So what's going on here? And she's like, nothing going on. We're just, you know, you know, yeah, so-and-so's yeah. going to shoot the wedding. And he goes, what happened to Jeff? Jeff's a great photographer. Jeff's been working with so-and-so and so-and-so. Yeah. For the past six months, they were really excited. Is he, is he not going to shoot the wedding? And she starts saying, well, no, he's, he's going to help. And he goes, yeah, some, some people are just 
born negotiators. Yeah, yeah. And you can watch them negotiate and you're like, wow, that's yeah. that's a great soft skill. Yeah. <laughs> and the way he went back and forth between like comforting, reassuring, yeah. and just a little bit of pushing. Yeah, little nudges. Just yeah. like, okay, let, let, let me talk to this. And yeah. they, so they went for like a little little stroll around the church. Mm. And meanwhile, I'm working with this photographer to try to get him to get his stuff out oh of here. At God. least get these giant get tripod. cheap tripods get out of tripods here. Get your tripods out of here. <laughs> Put your flash down. <laughs> and after, you know, a couple minutes, they come back. And I'm like, what's what's going on? And I can see pleading in the friend's eyes. Yeah. He's he, he's on the outside. He's all completely yeah. relaxed. Yeah. In his eyes, he's screaming to me, yeah. like I'm doing right here, which is not going to come across the microphone. Yeah. <laughs> but he's he's screaming to me like, I I made this for you. Take this. He goes, yeah. Hey Jeff, we we just thought about an idea. What if this guy, we'll say Greg. Yeah. What if? What if Greg worked for you today? So you're the main photographer yeah. and he's working for you. Oh. And again, he's pleading to me with his yeah. eyes. But it's like now you have to direct Greg. Like you're kind of babysitting now. Right. But okay, but all right. I never would have thought about taking that way out of this. Right, I, right. I thought I was, it was all or nothing. Right. And I said, you know what? That's That'll work great. Okay. That's fantastic. Thank you so much. Yeah. This will be a big help for me. And I just I try to take this wave of positivity yeah. and just ride it all yeah. the way. Yeah. And... Wedding went off without a hitch. Wow. Yeah. I, I stuck this guy in a corner. I, I saw his, I'm like, you put that camera away. Like <laughs> here, take take one of my backups, put this big long lens on there and yeah. you watch the people coming in through that door. You get their faces when they sit down, you get the kids over wow. here. So he got a couple of shots that we wouldn't have been able to get because yeah. we're two people, not three. Right. He got to shoot the wedding. Yeah. The mother got to feel good. I got to witness this this uh, perfection in negotiation and action, <laughs> which always sticks with me. I, you know, right. sometimes you have to back up a couple steps and then think about what you can right. do. Right? Yeah. Um, and then so that's the takeaway. Yeah. Like the, the takeaway is sometimes there's a door that's that's not initially obvious. Yeah. Um, what was kind of funny with that is this guy was all you know you could tell it was his first time. He was all excited to be shooting a wedding. Yeah. We we did the ceremony and admittedly he just. Stayed in his corner like he was supposed to. <laughs> Good. Good. Thank you. Um, there was a two-hour cocktail hour, which was good, yeah. which which I like because, again, not rushing it. Yeah. And during that time was uh, posed family photos. Right, right. So normally during that time, if I have an assistant, the assistant is my voice-activated light stand. They're, mm-hmm. they're running around with my lights, moving people around, you know, mm-hmm. fixing shoes and ties and yeah. grabbing people, all that kind of stuff, getting drinks out of the shot. Right, right. And so I say, hey, I have this guy here. Like, do you mind being my voice activated light stand? It'll be my assistant here. He's like, oh, I can do that. Great. Yeah. So that way I can send my assistant off to do pictures of people drinking and getting right. all the detail shots. Great. Fantastic. I'm going to use this guy. I'm like the dad who caught his son smoking. You, you want to work for me? I'm going to put you to work, you know? <laughs> And I'm I'm working him just as hard as I would work myself or yeah, anybody else. I'm yeah. like, get, move that light over there. Put it on yeah. the other side. Go move that. Go get that. Go grab this person. Go do that. Go get me a drink. You know, he's sweating. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Greg. Poor, Poor Greg. Greg. <laughs> and he's he's trying his hardest. But this is the unglamorous side of photography. Right? I mean, the, the yeah. 90% of the work that you do as a photographer is not behind the camera. Right. And at the end, we've shot the last family, you know, posed family thing. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, whoo. You ready to go do the reception? He's like, no. He's like, I'm done. I I just want to be. I just want to be part of the wedding now. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> you know, I I laughed a little bit. I'm like, yeah, sure, man, go ahead. Yeah. You know, it made but it made me feel good because he was not equipped to right. handle this wedding at all. Right. He would have not have been able to 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 finish this mm-hmm. thing at all. I don't think he even had like a backup 
battery or anything right for his so camera. his battery would have died by he, like all this stuff you don't think about yep. until you until you you know dip your, your foot into it mm-hmm. but I, I i just think about like if that guy did not have those negotiation skills if anything had gone even just a little bit differently yeah. there yeah there would have been so many wedding shots of just like the back of this guy's head right or just out of focus pictures from this guy right. of the or first your kiss. angles totally messed up because right. you now have to work around greg who's yes. also trying to get the same bride walking down the aisle and you're like but greg your elbows in it because of where i'm positioned and you and you can't run a wedding with while you're holding a 20 page itinerary flapping the pages right. around like while the, the priest is doing their thing right but, and I'm, I'm glad to say uh, of all the shoots i've done and all the photography stuff i've done that was the scariest anything has ever yeah. gotten and it ended up working fine, but man, did it come to a head. <laughs> you know what I'm thinking, though? I'm like, because of Groomsman's amazing skills, right? Yeah, his, yeah. his negotiation skills. We were able to utilize Greg, right? So then mom gets to think she was right. Yes. I'm like, sometimes you want the story not to end that way, but mom gets to go, see, I knew we needed Greg. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure mom could listen to this podcast and think it was about somebody completely different because I'm sure her version was, would be, <laughs> it was my idea. I saw the, the how great Jeff was, and then I saw how great Greg was, and I decided to pair them and up. I just knew. Uh- <laughs> right. Or, or, or she might say, yeah, that's what happened, but who cares? No big deal. Yeah. Didn't realize like yeah. how close I was to just saying, you know what? I am out of here. I'm out I get of, paid yeah. no matter what. Right. You know? But I would never do that because I, I, oh I wasn't hired by the mother. I was right. hired by the bride and groom. Right. And, and, and they didn't talk, yeah. There's so much stuff that the photographer has to handle yeah. that's not taking pictures when mm-hmm. you do a wedding. I mean, the amount of... Uh, trains that i've had to bustle up because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you're the guy standing there you happen to be right there, you know right drunk drunk people that you have to tell them like hey you need to get up there you, yeah. you know it's it's interesting <laughs> so i i don't do weddings anymore not because of that um <laughs> it, it's just it's it's such a tour de force it takes yeah. it takes everything you have everything has to go right and I kind of felt like, you know what, that I'm due for a major disaster. Let that be like the one. Let that be the disaster. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. So was that the last wedding you shot or did you have a few more that season? I think I did a few more. I can't, yeah. I honestly can't. There was no like single wedding that made me go, that's it. This is the last yeah. one I'm doing. I think I just said, you know what, that's, that's a lot of work. Yep. Let, that's a younger man's game. Let them do it. <laughs> I've got I've got a couch to nap on. Right. <laughs> I mean, I like doing the the, the photo booth aspect yeah. of weddings. I get I get asked about that more than I do right. the actual so wedding I w- stuff. I want to talk about that because yeah, I feel like so we met you know helping James and Mallory move, mm-hmm. and then um you know like a year or two later, BSP becomes a venue. <laughs> And you're there. You're their photo booth guy, right? For Do most you remember of their... what, which event it was? I feel like every event I went to, you were the photo booth guy, except for one of the hullabaloos. There was a, yeah, a different Yeah, they DeMuth, have a different guy, yeah. Peter DeMuth or something, right? Yeah. So I know you did the... Did you do the chronograms? Uh, the chron- I did one of them. One of the like the parties, right? Yeah, yeah. And I did a, a chronoween. Yeah. I, did a, I, did a, I think I did one or two New Year's. I I definitely have a picture that you took of me as little orphan Annie, my f- best friend Kate as Miss Hannigan, mm-hmm. and my other friend Jess as you know one of the one of the orphan girls. I think that at a, was at a Cronoween. <laughs> yeah, I think that was the crazy one where like a bunch of people from the city came up. It was in the back room, right? Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. that there were like hundreds, if not thousands, of people there. It was. 
way too crowded. I left early. I was actually newly pregnant at the time. And I was like, <laughs> I got to get out of here. Like, I couldn't breathe. <laughs> it yeah. was just so hot. There's so many humans. I, I loved the stuff that happened at BSP. And like, yeah. do you want me to talk about like how I got involved in doing that? Yeah, please do. So it, it's, it was another one of those like chance things, a domino knocking into another domino yeah. kind of thing. Like I was playing in a band called Pan's Gray Sky. And we were playing like some smaller gigs. We were doing Keegan Ales. We were doing um, Rondat Music Lounge before it was the anchor. Mm. Um, and we we got booked to play this place I had never heard of called BSP. I'm like, what is this? And it was fairly new. Yeah. And and it was a showcase thing. There were like eight bands, maybe six, whatever, playing on on this little stage in the front of this place. So we show up and we we play our songs. We play for like 20 minutes, you yeah. know. And I don't I don't I can't even remember how well it went. Um, we over- what does BSP stand for? Backstage Productions. Backstage, and it's in Kingston as well, just like Keegan Ailes and Anchor, right? Right, right yeah. on uh, on Wall Street. Yeah, or was it was? And at the time, it had just started up, and I was talking to I, I think it was Dan Vodka, the you know one of the guys oh, who started sure, yeah. it up, and he's telling me like, oh yeah, we're gonna do this to the bar, we're gonna get these speakers, we're gonna do this, it's gonna be great, and I'm like, yeah, feeling all the the enthusiasm yeah. here, like this is fantastic. Here's a bunch of Younger guys starting up a venue, they're yeah. they're really into sound. I know there's going to be good sound, yeah. not just you know, uh, you know, a mixer in the corner. Yeah. And he goes, "Well, you really got to see the back of this place. What's what's going on in the back of here? I'm like, is this how I <laughs> is this how I die? Right, right. right? <laughs> and he takes me into the back of this this. He's thing. related to the mom from the, the wedding. Mom just, just pops up and magically we're transported. And he takes me to the back of this place, and if you've never seen the back of BSP, it's it's this enormous, oh, cavernous, yeah. like like the size of a. It feels like the size of like a football stadium. It's probably the size of like a high school gymnasium. It kind of reminds me of um, like a, a Terminal Five in Brooklyn, like yes. the, the old air airplane hangars. It 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 feels that grand, but then when you're outside on the street, you're like, it's not that big. Yeah, it can't but possibly fit in there. But when you're in it, you feel like you're in an airplane hangar. And it's because it's everything in there is painted black mm. except for the stage. So if you if you blacked out and woke up in the middle there, you would think for at least for the five first five minutes you were outside. Right. For first off, because like it's impossible to heat or cool that place. Mm-hmm. It's whatever temperature it is outside. But on on one side of it, there's like a old vaudeville theater stage with these yeah. columns and uh, I want to say pillars, but that's kind of the same thing as a column, right? <laughs> Remnants of a stage, yeah. an orchestra pit, like this whole area. It's beautiful. And I said. I need to to use this place as a to, as a for a photo shoot, and I, I started talking with the guys there, like, "Hey, what would it take for me to use this for a, a quick photo shoot? You know, mm-hmm. nothing commercial, just for fun." And they said, "We don't, you know, we're just starting out. We don't have many pictures of the back of here. If you could get like a great picture, great couple of pictures of the back space here, you know, we could maybe do like a little swaparoonie kind of thing." Mm-hmm. So I brought in a bunch of cameras, you know, and my my brightest lights, you know, and my good tripod. <laughs> And I took some like long exposure pictures, just nailing the place with light. And I got some really, you know, nice deep pictures that showed everything back there. And they were happy with that. So a couple of days later, I hit them up. I'm like, hey, remember, you know, there's a little two way street thing here. Yeah. You go, can I can I use the back room for like three hours for a photo shoot with a friend of mine? And they said, yeah, sure, absolutely. I think Mike Amari came by and babysat mm, us. Nice. And so that that worked out great. Got some great pictures. And I think it was like a couple of weeks or months later, Mike Amari says. We have an event coming up. There was supposed to be a photo booth, but you know they canceled or we can't have it, whatever. Can you do something like that? Yeah. And my initial thought was like, no, I don't have a photo booth. <laughs> and I thought, well, you know, it's it's really just like quick portraiture. Right. Dealing with people like kind of kind of quickly. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and if the only thing stopping me from doing it is having a printer, like I'll buy a printer. Right. So I bought this cheap little four by six inch 
Canon Pixma die sub printer. <laughs> and I was just, it was frantic that night. I think the first party I did was a Cinco de Mayo party. And I'm just popping out these pictures and people loved them. Yeah. The people have shown me that they still have them yeah. from the first event. And so the next time I brought three printers lined up in an array and I had like this wireless thing to transfer the pictures and it just kind of grew from there until wow. I had this big fancy printer that can do like a picture every two seconds and I got this whole thing down um, and and to, after that it was just like hey Jeff we have this thing coming up yeah yeah where can we fit you where yeah and yeah you were part of the you were part of the team at that point yeah. the, the the people at BSP the BSP would not have ever worked if the people there didn't give a damn. Right. Like you you can start a venue and you can pay people mm-hmm. and they'll show up and they'll leave when their shift is over. Yeah. Yeah. The people at BSP, when you see them work in an event, they worked hard because they knew they were surrounded by other people who worked hard right. too. They wanted everyone who showed up to say that was an amazing event. Yeah. And the the best moments of my life during those years were like, you know, three in the morning, they locked the front door. <laughs> And everyone who worked is still just just relaxing around the bar, yeah. just breathing for once mm-hmm. and just saying like, how did it go for you? How did it go for you? And yeah. everyone's taking, taking inventory of how the night went. And everyone- kind of basking in it. Yeah. Basking in it, but everyone gave their all. Yeah. And what, what a lot of people don't realize about a, any venue, especially BSP, is how much needs to go absolutely right for there to be a profit. Mm. People think, oh, you know, we spent $10 on tickets and drinks were this much. Like, they must have made a bunch of money. It's like, yeah, at the end of the night, there's a big pile of money, but everyone needs to get paid. Right. And they need to, you know, refill the liquor that got used and all the beer and fix whatever got broken and replay. And at the end of the night, you know, there might not be any money or much money Mm -hmm. left. And it's, it's, so difficult to run a yeah. place like that. So my major props to to Trevor and Mike and everyone who yeah. who ran BSP made it what it was, and that was the heart of of Uptown for the longest time. It was. I, I mean, it's like okay, show at BSP, go there, then go to Snappers, yeah, and and you know it was just it kept everything alive. And mm-hmm. now you know you, it's it's off, yeah, and it's not just because of COVID. It's it's because BSP isn't there. Cause yeah oh oh the feeling in Uptown is off yeah the the whole wow. the whole you know because you know so you would go to a show at BSP not because you would go because the the band was there mm-hmm. whatever you, mm-hmm. you okay I can I can get down with that band whatever mm-hmm. you go because all your friends are going to be there yeah and that they'd all go to Snappers afterwards yeah. and then once the regulars went into Snappers you'd go back to BSP because <laughs> more drink you know. <laughs> Oh man, for listeners, Snappers uh, a Snappers <laughs> regular. <laughs> Think of your diviest dive bar in whatever town um, you're you're listening in. Uh, that's Snappers, and uh, and you- think of a bar that embraces it. Yeah, <laughs> that's a great way to put it. But yeah, I I love doing photo booth at those things because yeah. it, it, it's it was always funny because the first I I might be booked for like six hours, mm-hmm. which is ridiculous. But it's I, I start early just because I want to get my stuff set up because mm-hmm. you can't do it when a, when there's a bunch of people there. I spend the first three hours, the first half of any sort of photo booth event trying to convince people to come up and get their pictures taken. Yeah. And you, you've seen this. I'm like, hey, yep. you bring your friends. You know, take, yeah. I take really good pictures. Come up yeah. here. Oh, maybe later, maybe later. Okay, yeah. I might take like eight pictures in the yeah. course of like three hours. Yeah. And then the last however many hours is just, there's a line of people angry that it's not moving mm-hmm. faster. Mm-hmm. Uh, can I get more? Can I get back of the line? You know, uh, you know, how come it's taking so long? And, and so it's, if you can ride that wave right. though, and right. I think, I'd like to think I got pretty good 
at just, you know, I, I have this very weird relationship with a lot of people in Kingston where I've only met them for a very brief, intense mm-hmm. two minute, let <laughs> me take your picture. Let me gauge what's going to get the best reaction out of you. Cool. Here's a picture of you. I'm going to watch as you hopefully throw some money into my tip jar. Yeah. Yeah. And then on to the next one. Yeah. And there's people who are like, I know you from somewhere. I'm like, have you ever been to a party at BSP? Yeah. I probably took your picture. I probably okay, took that's weird. <laughs> I so I've been on the line. Uh-huh. I have been on that line. I I maybe I complained. I don't know. But <laughs> I have been on that line where it's like, man, wow. We're really going to do this. We're going to wait. All right, let's wait, you know. Hopefully worth the wait. It's always worth the wait. It always was. My favorite thing was was people sending me pictures of their refrigerators. Oh, yeah. Which is plastered with pictures from over, like, yeah. over the years. I, I mean, I still have my little orphan Annie one, and that fetus <laughs> is now six years old, you know. So, <laughs> yeah, I we still have our pictures. Well, people, it's it's kind of sad that people don't get, like, nice, nicely lit pictures of themselves taken unless right. they're – you know, at a at a major stage of school or mm-hmm. there's a wedding going mm-hmm. on. Yeah. So you're out with your friends, you know, you can get like good pictures with, with cell phones now, but like, yeah. you know, with, with like a decent editing and, and, you know, soft lighting and all yeah. that kind of stuff. It's amazing the reaction. If you said like, I'm going to take your picture and make a print for you, they'd be like, no, that's yeah. weird. Yeah. You put a, a print of them and their friends looking as happy as they could possibly yep. be in their hand. Yeah. They'll hold on to it like it was, yeah. you know, like it was gold. Yeah. And it's I, true. I love that. And I, so I love doing that at, at, you know, I love doing a BSP. Yeah. I love doing it at, at people's weddings and other events. And yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so with, with BSP being closed, are you not shooting anymore? I've done a couple more um, photo booth events at Kelly Shamrock Tavern. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. where Molly works. Yeah, that's so, at that other end of Kingston. At the other end, yeah. <laughs> uh, so we've, I've done two there. We're going to do another one in, in December. Oh, that's great. And I'm, I'm tentatively scheduled for two more weddings oh, to do okay. that. And I, and I, you know, when, whenever like a band reaches out or, yeah. or somebody's like, I need headshots or whatever like that. Right. It's photography is still something I just love doing. It's yeah. it's kind of like this uh, a video game that you can't ever beat. You can always take the shot and say I would do it better this way differently the next time. Um, and as as long as you're on your game, you know it makes people happy. But I'll, you know I'll, I love getting into the studio, planning out a shoot, making it happen, editing things. Um, it's it's you know it's just a passion. It's yeah. something you chase. I'm glad it's it's still a passion and it's not over. I, I was like, man, if BSP ended it for him, that's going to be a sad end to the episode, huh? <laughs> well, I mean, you have BSP to thank for the start of the photo booth yes. thing. I don't think I would ever would have come up with the idea or the yeah. thought of doing the type of photo booth I do if it weren't for Mike yeah. and BSP. Um, we have BSP to thank for a lot of things. We really like, do. Yeah. We really do. And the, the, the thing that really got the whole you know, portraiture thing rolling though. Cause I, mm-hmm. I, I kind of dabbled into photography a little bit. I got into it for the, probably the wrong reason. I got into mm-hmm. it for the technical reasons. Mm. I, a, a coworker of mine, he was showing me some pictures he took in his portfolio. I'm like, what are you doing to the light that yeah. makes it look professional? Right. And he's explaining, you know, shutter speed aperture, different types of lighting and stuff like that. Stuff that, you know, you can point to in hindsight, but you know, it, you, you know, that's a professional photographer. That's a professional picture. That's an amateur picture, right? But you can't really put your finger on it. And he was spelling it out, and so I started futzing around with my point and shoot camera. Of course, I had to get a digital SLR to, to expand <laughs> on that a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. And and you know, I I joined this group uh, called Hudson Valley Click, um, which is just a bunch of photographers, models, hair and makeup people. Yeah. We get together at locations and rent them out and just do photo shoots. So I got really good at just like 
here's your person, here's your location, make it interesting. Yeah. And and that's that's kind of how I got good at doing the mm-hmm. photo booth thing. Like mm-hmm. you don't always get to pick what your background's going to be or who your people are going to be. You have to bring the most out of them. Yeah. You're like the hype man too. You have to be this technical artist, creative artist, and you have to like hype a person to get them to Oh yeah. to 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 become themselves in this moment where they're very much they're vulnerable because they don't feel like themselves. Because who goes like this? You know, yeah. I'm, I'm posing my body. <laughs> who does that in normal life, right? Well, and that's I, I just did a shoot with a friend of mine, and and she's like, I've never posed for anything before. I'm like, well, let's just get this out of the way. This is going to be the most awkward thing in the world. Because yeah. here's this dude you've never met before, and we're in this you know scary looking studio, and <laughs> I'm going to tell you to to smile into a camera. <laughs> like, there's nothing natural about this. Let's just right. get past this. And that once you acknowledge, like, okay. Right. We are trying to create something fake here. Right. It's, you know, it, that actually helps a little bit. Yeah. But I, I do have some horror stories from doing photo booth. But like, fortunately, those are people you can just say, okay, it's not going to work. You put $5 on my jar, here it is back, get out of here. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, um, yeah. But, but when someone says, well, you're the, you're the professional, you tell me what to do. <laughs> and it's and there's only so much you can do with someone, yeah. you know. If you tell them to raise raise one shoulder, lower the other one, they're gonna they're gonna just look like a like a skeleton being you know pulled from different sides. So I was envisioning um in Wizard of Oz when he says his arms. <laughs> yes, exactly. Once you start thinking about hands, like in a picture, it's it's like you've never had hands before in your life. Like, what do I do? I put my fingers together. Do I? What do I do with these things? It's the weirdest thing. And all you have to do is just say hands to somebody. And like, <laughs> and, oh, why'd oh, you do man, that? I wasn't you... thinking about him until now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. This was such a fun conversation. <laughs> I'm so glad we got to hear your stories. I'm glad you, I'm glad, uh, you picked me. Yeah. <laughs> this, is, this is such a cool project you're doing. Oh, and, uh... thank you. Well, strangers, that's another episode of That Wasn't Supposed to Happen. A huge thanks to Jeff for coming on the show and unveiling his harrowing tale of micromanaging mothers. And then for riffing on the state of performance venues post-pandemic. I think that's the part I didn't know was going to happen. I didn't know I would take away that when the venues closed, everyone involved in what makes an event, everyone was affected. So how do we get it back? How do we get it back? That Wasn't Supposed to Happen is produced by Doug Wartell at Spillway Street Studio here in Red Hook, New York. Artwork by Natalie Ranganeshi. Hosted by me, Heather Delamore. If you or someone you know has a story to tell, please reach out to us at supposedtohappenshow at gmail.com. I'll never say anything happens for a reason, but it is reason enough to talk about it. I turn my camera on. I cut my fingers on the way, on the way, the way I'm slipping away. I took my feelings on, you made me untouchable for life. Yeah, yeah, and you wasn't alone. It hit me like a tongue. You hit me like a tongue. Spillway Street